I've actually already started recording. Oh. Don't worry about it. Well then, this is not, there's no more countdown. I thought we were. <laughs> no, there's a countdown for the timer. Though. Fine. Okay. Three, two, one. Hello, my name is Kathleen. And I'm Edu. And this is Film the Film, where we talk about Filipino movies <laughs> from timeless classics to timeless car wrecks. Yeah, good job there, Kat. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so every week we choose a film to watch. For this season, Kat and I chose eight films each. And this first film is Kat's film. So Kat, tell us about the movie. Yes. So the first movie we watched is called It's About Feelings, which in English translates to Once More with feelings and it is directed by prime cruz and it stars main mendoza and carlo aquino which are both like pretty well-known actors in the philippines i would say i think so i mean main mendoza definitely i've seen carlo aquino in other things i think yeah he has a very familiar face but he's not like you know like like he didn't reach like peak zeitgeist like main main mendoza right. when she was yeah yeah, yeah dub or even like like a john lloyd He's lesser known, but he's also like good actor, kind of. Yeah. 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 He he gives me um, JGL vibes. JGL vibes. <laughs> and Pretty you good. know I like JGL, I so <laughs> I do like Carlo Aquino. I'm not gonna lie. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And I, and the thing is, like, I do like May Mendoza as a, a performer. I, like even like an dub for the most part. Like I think she's the one that carried that on-screen couple yeah like she's the one that that carried most of that alden was just like whatever you know like that could have been any guy but may mendoza was the one who really carried carried that and like the success of that partnership really hinged heavily on may mendoza nice yeah i mean that's true she is very charming i agree yeah so before we go into all of our thoughts about this movie, I wanted to kind of give a brief overview for anybody who has not seen this movie before. And yeah, the briefest overview is this is a romance movie. I wouldn't say this is a rom-com, this is more of like a romance drama kind of movie. And it revolves around, as we mentioned, Mae Mendoza's character, whose name is Mara. And she falls in love with her neighbor who happens to be deaf. And that is Carlo Aquino's character, mm-hmm. Gali. Yeah. Well, it's not so much like fall in love right away. It's more like, oh, well, she... Yeah. Then she, there would not be a movie if this yeah, was like an immediate falling yeah, in true. love situation. No, but like, yeah, so like first she, um, she fails her architecture exam. No, 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 sorry. It's not, that's not, that's not the part. It's, I think it's important to point out, like, why she ended up knowing who he was. And that was because she has, she has a niece in this movie who is also deaf. Yes. And so, like, she wanted to learn to, to speak sign language. With her uh, niece. Yeah, to with communicate her niece. with her to niece. To communicate with her niece, not speak, but yeah. But to communicate with her niece through sign language, and so like she takes up a class, and Gali, Carlo Aquino's character, is the the narrator of, uh, not the narrator, the the one, the teacher, the, the instructor. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. The instruct the sign the uh, sign language instructor, and he also happens to be her neighbor. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then, this like, is true. And then, meanwhile. So they had a lot of um, interactions, both. At home in their apartments, yes, uh, and also over at the um, deaf school. So yeah, I would say um, you kind of covered. We kind of we you know. This, I was saying this in terms of like this is a very brief overview, overview before... of the movie before we delve into anything that's too spoilery. So if you haven't yeah. seen it yet, then I would say go see it and then come back. And mm-hmm. then talk with us about it and hear our thoughts. Or if you're the type of person who doesn't care about spoilers, you know, you can keep listening and then go see it for yourself. And if you don't agree with our assessment, you can 
Let us know. Let us know. Comment on our iTunes or on our Instagram and be like, no, you're wrong. And then we'll be like, I guess, okay. And then we'll silently judge you <laughs> if you disagree with our opinion. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's totally fair. No, you're allowed to have opinions. And mm -hmm. we are all allowed to have opinions because yeah. apparently our opinions matter enough for us to have a podcast about yeah. this. So. Basically, if there's one thing I've learned, my dear friends, is that the opinions of strangers don't really matter. Like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you still listening to this podcast then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair. So, yeah, that's fair. Oh, right? man. Okay. So, so, yeah, delving into the movie... We kind of want to talk about some of the things that stood out to us, whether or not it's positive or negative. We just kind of want to, you know, throw out some of the things throughout this movie that we think are noteworthy. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah. Do you want to start? Yeah. So I think we, I guess in some ways we were kind of hinting at it earlier about like May Mendoza and Carlo Aquino. I, I've always wanted just to see like May in, in her own movie. Is this Maine's first lead role? I am. Um, I'm not sure because I don't remember her, seeing her in another movie. That's the thing. She is mostly known for yeah, again like yeah, yeah, Dub yeah. and Alden. Yeah. And, yeah, I see. Uh, but yeah, but I've always wanted to see her in a movie because yeah, like I said, like I think she's she's a great performer. She has you know, a very expressive face, and like I I mean I get the. So, because in Al Dub, uh, Maine didn't really talk so much. She was just dubbing like movie lines, and she wasn't really saying much. She was just doing like facial expressions and like mimicking the lines, so to speak. I get, oh, they're trying to like flip the script, where like, oh, this time around, Maine is the one that's talking more. I mean, I, I get the sentiment for that. Oh, but that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, because obviously. Yeah. She has a deaf partner, so she has to be the one that yeah, talks and, more. Yeah, and that's so that, that's why like I was I was thinking like oh like sh uh, should she have been the the one that's deaf and stuff? But I mean either way like I think I do like her as a performer in general. Like I think she brings like a lot of charm to the table in in this movie. I don't know. I'm just I'm just a fan of her. I think that's the thing. It's like maybe I'm looking at it through ro uh, rose colored glasses, but at least that's her performance. Whether or not her the character itself is fully fleshed out is a whole different thing that we'll oh, yeah. probably talk about, and I'm sure you'll probably <laughs> bring up later because it's something that also like that yeah. stood out to me, especially like that was what I wanted to bring up definitely. Yeah, and the first and foremost thing that I wanted yeah. to bring up. Yeah, one of the things that I guess made me question in this movie was um, so the the movie starts off with. Mae Mendoza's character, Mara, in her, like, architecture license exams. And she's already working at an architecture firm, but she ended up failing the exams. And she kind of has this, basically, like, a moment of self-doubt where she doesn't know what to do next. You know, she, uh -huh. she is like, oh, I failed this thing that I've been working towards for most of my life. And now, like, I guess I'm not good at this thing that I like. And so should I go do something else? And should I, you know, like, she, she ends up quitting her job and she, you know, doesn't really have a moment of conclusion with that problem. Throughout the movie, you're like, yeah, like, does she figure out what else she wants to do with her life? Mm -hmm. Does she go back to architecture? Does she, like, you know, like, fall in love with doing something else? Mm -hmm. I mean, she falls in love with a guy, but she doesn't, like, yeah. you know, like, conclude anything about her own self and her own path. But it just kind of fell flat for me in that sense of, like, there is something to be said about Filipino movies focusing a little bit too much on the romance part mm -hmm. of it and not so much on like the substance yeah. of the character mm -hmm. but maybe that's just this movie I no, don't know the weird thing though is that it's not even like, like in other Filipino movies like they would still try to get around that even if it was like like done haphazardly or rushed 
they would still do that. But in this case, like it's weird that they don't like they resolve Gali's insecurities. They go through that process of like it has a resolution, but we never see any resolution to Mara's insecurities. And that is weird. I was like, oh, that's it? She's fulfilled her goal in life, which is to fall in love with a guy <laughs> and dance. That's like I guess. Like I That is is that, That's is that so it? sad. Like, is that yeah. really her role in yeah. life? I mean, like, I guess they kind of say, like, when they were in like in that office party where her old boss still wants her to come back. But, uh, yeah, it, it feels incomplete. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Also, I want to I talk about that part. She quits her job because, like, she's sad that she didn't, you know, she didn't pass and whatnot. There are things about it that I just, what? I don't understand. First of all, so in the beginning of the movie, they're congratulating all the people who worked in this specific project. And one of those people, they congratulate this Mara because like she did well, like she helped out. But for some reason, she doesn't pass like the architecture licensure exam, which is weird because it seems like she's the type of person who would actually be able to, if not like get top marks, at least pass it. Yeah. They make her out to be like a really put together kind of person yeah. who is you know she seems like she does well at her job and mm -hmm. she's studious because she was studying at some point before yeah. her exams mm -hmm. and then like for her to fail it and like everybody else in her firm to have passed it seems yeah. to have been kind of a fluke of yeah. some sort and i yeah and i kind of wondered like why she would just like give up on architecture so yeah suddenly when all like all of the scenes leading up to her failing her exams was like her being very happy about her job and her mm -hmm. being very excited to take the exams and like everybody in her family supporting her yeah. towards this dream that she's had for a long time and stuff a bit weird yeah it's like what i would understand if they added like she was late she got into the accident and then like she took the exam she was so flustered like that would be like okay cool like i guess that kind of makes sense but yeah, she like she just like takes a test and she doesn't pass it. I mean, she can I don't take know. it again, like, yeah, I, I very mean, easily. One, she can take it again. Two, yeah, again, like you said, she seems to be like put together. And I'm sure, like in the real world, that sort of thing happens. But you know, when you're watching a movie, there are like certain expectations. You come in as a movie goer and you watch it, and it's like, ah, uh, I don't know. That feels that seems weird. I will say though. Um... One of the things that I kind of read into, like, I watched this movie twice because it's the first time I watched it. We hadn't decided to do this podcast <laughs> yet. <laughs> and this is actually the movie that made us decide to do this podcast right. was because we wanted to talk about this movie and how there's, like, certain elements to it that were missing, even though it is a, considered somewhat of a good movie in the Philippines. Like, it is, there are, like, some main plot holes mm -hmm. that I wanted to talk about. I, I read into Mara failing her exams and like getting in a car accident mm -hmm. right after failing and just kind of like being super like down about like her life just spiraling mm -hmm. as sort of like a depression that's never really like outright called depression. There's a scene where Carlo Aquino walks into her apartment and everything is messy and like sh you know she seems to have like let everything fall out of place mm -hmm. including like all of her stuff in her apartment and i kind of like read that the second time as like oh well you know like this makes sense that she quit her job and like she felt embarrassed that she failed the exams and like everybody else passed and there are like signs of it being depression because they address it a few mm -hmm. times that she was very sad when she first met Carlo Aquino's character. But they never actually say that. You know, it's like it's like this weird like traipsing around the issue of her being depressed mm -hmm. and yet like, you know, like everybody's just reading it as, oh, she's just sad. But it's like, no, if you wanted to read it this way, yeah. this is depression. They could have done more to address mental health a little bit yeah i mean the, the part of it is that it's because like it's not really common in like you know yeah, in, in the, the philippines. philippines to talk about like mental health and stuff like that for all intents and purposes like it's 
it is a going to see a therapist is something that rich people do. Yeah, and and so like that's why like it's not really discussed that way. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's part of the point that I wanted to make was the mm -hmm. fact that like there are signs of her being depressed and yet like. Mm -hmm. Filipino cinema will never actually like address yeah. depression outright, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so. true. yeah. And the other thing is that to that though is that like so she quit her job because like she was she was really really sad, which like okay I get, but she was living in like a nice studio. Yeah, apartment. she was living like in a nice studio apartment, <laughs> and you know. The duration of the f movie seems like it was go it's you know it's like it's not just like like a week or two it's like months you know like how's she affording rent yeah how she, like and doesn't seem to to seem like their family is well off I mean their her family's family's not not poor but they're not exactly like living in Forbes Park or Das Marinas. Or anything like that you know like you know like they're they're you know they're, they're living comfortably for sure but definitely not like like super rich where like she can just like oh i'm just gonna just wallow for like months on end and not pay rent i don't know i don't know like like, like there, there may be things that then again like she does have a car like that constantly gets into an accident and she's like able to pay for it so i don't know <laughs> Well, actually, she did not pay for the first time. <laughs> that is true. That is true. No, but no. Oh, but she had to fix her car. Yeah, she That's said to fix her car. Yeah. She did not pay for... So, um, in the movie, she gets in an accident and she hits Carlo Aquino's car. Yeah. And and she did not have to pay Carlo Aquino or Gali mm -hmm. back. But she, I guess she did have to repair her car. Unless there was just, like, no damage and... Which case she probably yeah. was like going really slow. It was a parking lot in their apartment building, and that's true. It's yeah. not that big of an accident, I don't think. Yeah, no, that that that, well, that would have been like not too big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. But she does get in a second accident later on in mm -hmm. the movie, which I guess she had to. That one, I'm sure she had fix. to like fix. Yeah, she <laughs> had to pay yeah. and yeah. stuff like that, and <laughs> and it's it's important to uh, for the listeners to know like. Um, in the Philippines, like car insurance is like a whole like. Oh, that's. It's it's very different from here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, there is no car insurance. No, right? there is like you still have to get car insurance, oh, but for the most no. part, well, at least for in my case, like when I would get my car registered, I would just get like third-party liability insurance, which means like it's basically like only if like the the other person is at fault with that accident and then it's basically like very basic insurance and like but like it's not gonna cover a whole lot if you're the one that causes the mm. and the if and this is like yeah this is a totally different topic we're not talking about filipino car accidents no but i i was just thinking about um something that my uncle said where like or maybe it was my mom who said this but like in the in the philippines even though people you know, like, they, there's not very many traffic rules and, like, cars kind of just, like, go wherever. Um, mm -hmm. There actually aren't as many bad accidents because people aren't driving as fast as they do here. Yep, yep that's true. Like, in the Philippines, like, if you saw, like, even, like, a three-car accident, that's, like, oh, my gosh, that's a big deal. Because, like, here it's, like, usually... Car accidents a lot. Yeah, it's, like, three, like, two, three-car accidents are, like, oh, my gosh, okay, like, multi-car crashes are much more common here because of like how the freeways are and stuff like that yeah. yeah but yeah i think that's part of the reason why like maybe insurance isn't as big of a deal i don't know mm -hmm. no, it's, it's it's more well it, no it's more like people just don't want to pay for it oh yeah insurance is this weird thing that you pay for but you don't really get anything out of until something happens yeah so yeah and so like that's why like most filipinos attitude towards it this you know it's more like it's oh, it's a cool thing to have, but it's not really. Yeah, it's like, not a must. It's a yeah. nice to have. You like you don't see car insurance ads on TV all the time. Mm. Like you know how like Geico fifteen. That would be yeah, nice. You, know. <laughs> to you not don't see that a lot. 
It's it's no like the thing that you'll see more of in like sorts of commercials are shampoo, yeah. shampoo and Why soap. Why do we see so much shampoo commercials? No, that, no. Here's the thing. That's how competitive the shampoo market is in the Philippines because like there's so many, <laughs> there are so many shampoo brands that you have to com- you have to constantly com- be competing. Mm. I mean that's like I mean that's you know that's capitalist theory competition yada 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 that sort of thing but i'm sure i'm boring everyone already with like oh my god look at this capitalists like <laughs> no it's just how it is i'm just saying but anyway. is, yeah i would say that the commercials that has stood out to me the most in the philippines are shampoo commercials part of it is because you see them everywhere but also part of it is because they always do that nice hair flip mm-hmm. and it's actually yeah. very satisfying to see the hair yeah. flip. Also, like people in the Philippines take a bath every day, so like you consume shampoo all the time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because like you know, like here, like you can get away with like you know, like not showering for like a day or two, and it's still it's still okay, particularly in like colder seasons. Oh, I I I think yeah, I think your point is that in the Philippines it's hot, it's muggy mm-hmm. and you kinda have to yeah. shower every day. It's mm-hmm. not that like people there are just more hygienic. No, no, no. It's no, the fact so that here it's colder, you're not sweating as much. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah, so like people there like they they take more showers and so like you consume more shampoo and therefore <laughs> yeah, like there are definitely more people buying shampoo and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, we have weird yeah, away we from the weird. movie. Okay, so what are some of the things that... Uh, I think we talked a little bit about like some of the potholes and some of the things that we might not mm-hmm. have liked, but what are some of the things that you liked about this movie? I mean... If I, any. I mean, I like, I like the music. Yes! You let's know, talk was, about the music. I mean, the music was... I like... Some of the songs. I mean, not all of them, but I like some of them. I do like quite a few of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones that is that was definitely like the theme song of mm-hmm. this um, movie was uh, the song called Buan by... Oh, man. What is the guy's name that sings the song? Oh, I cannot think of it. But anyway, I heard well, that, I first heard that song because I think... Somebody at the Tagalog production at Bindlestiff mm-hmm. played it as like a transition song, and I definitely liked that song as the transition song yeah. in the Tagalog show. But um, they played it like at least three times in the movie, and I counted the second time that I watched it, mm-hmm. um, which to me was like, okay, yeah, sure, like this is like the theme song of the song or of the movie, and you know, like how. Maybe in like a different movie you would hear a song over again, but to me it was a little bit excessive. Like I like this song a lot, and yet mm-hmm. to me I also I definitely was like, man, how many times are they gonna play yeah. this song? Well, I mean, I wish they they, they added more songs, you know? To yeah, because they did have like excellent song choices. Yeah, I I really like. I'm a huge fan of um, Unique Salonga. That part, at least that particular song, uh, Sino. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, and so Buan is also done by Juan Carlos. In, yeah. So that's the name of the guy who sang Buan. Uh, but uh, Sino was done by Unique Salonga of uh, Four of Spades. Is that the name? Yeah, that's the name of the band. Four of Spades. Like he came from Four of Spades. Any then... relation to Leia? I have no idea. Okay. Like maybe. Because, you know, musical family, that sort of thing. Maybe not necessarily Leia's child, but maybe like a nephew or something. That, you know, because Leia Salonga does have a brother. And But I'm not too sure whether or not he is really. But there are also like just like a lot of Salongas in general anyway. So we, uh, I, can't, I can't really speak to that fact. But yeah, uh, that was... So like that song, similar to you, that song kept playing in Tagalog, the the production, the Bindles of production, and that was a song that stood out to me, because oh like, yeah, yeah. So I really liked that song, and then like when they played it in the movie, 
Actually, yeah, I actually like that they played it at that moment. So they play that song during the dance sequence where so Gally and Mara Mara are in a dance recital because Gally wanted to learn how to dance, which, you know, if you're deaf is kind of a challenge because like you need to listen to the music, but if you can't you can't hear the music like uh right away then it becomes really hard to like the, get the timing right and so like Gally's character needs to rely on the thump of the the bass yeah that and like just kind of like counting in his head i mm -hmm. think yeah and he has to just count on his head it, it is a very interesting um concept you know like um i think one of the things that i liked about the movie and this is transitioning from the music topic so let me know if you want to keep going no, no, on no, the no, topic no. Like, i'm pretty i think I'm, i think we're done with the music yeah one of the things that i liked was um kind of like their um the movie addressing a lot of um galley as a deaf person's like um challenges in life just like little things you know like throughout his daily life like mm -hmm. for example there was this one scene where um like a mailman is delivering a package mm -hmm. to his apartment and yet like the guy the male man person is like oh um you know like was just like knocking and ringing the doorbell which mm -hmm. Gali specifically asked the male person to like text him or call him when he's there um but that male person didn't do that and so like the male person was knocking for like five minutes or something and is very frustrated and everybody was frustrated and Gali was like well yeah like I can't hear you because you know I obviously there are challenges here and so yeah I think the movie does a really good job of addressing um like yeah just like those little things that um kind of hurdles for somebody who's deaf to have to like deal with because a lot like people just don't know what things like are accessible for them and what things yeah. are not and they just don't think about it yeah um hmm i don't know if i i would say like it like i mean i'm glad that you know like they tr like you know like they make an effort to portray those things but i don't know if it's like exactly like or like a really good like representation this is true uh, yeah um just because like there are definitely just, some scenes where yeah. i question like obviously carlo aquino is not deaf as like a yeah. deaf person in real life as an actor and so it's kind of interesting because i feel like if they cast a deaf person right. in his role like mm -hmm. they would have been able to be like oh no like this part of the scene you know like not okay like, yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not okay the mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i definitely get that you know like you know like there's it's, it really is a different world when you're when you're deaf you know like you, and so like how you if you were deaf you would like the world really changes around you uh and like there is a feeling of otherness you know at the end of the day because like you know we live in a world that's like really meant for uh people with like hearing and like even like not just hearing but like even it also applies to like blind people you know that sort of thing or like people who so non have, uh, anyone without disability yeah, yeah pretty much yeah so i mean like they're like simple things like like doors opening like the sound of doors opening and like we how we use a lot of like audio cues you know for instance like when you're heating a microwave like when it's done we hear a beep but if you're deaf you have to sit there and like watch it till it's done or like if you're toasting something like you could put a timer and then like, you'll hear a ding right but if you're let's say if you let's say if you're deaf you can't like go around doing other things we have to watch you have to watch it and to know that it's done kind of thing you know just like it's like very minor things but like it all adds up yeah what yeah. parts of the movie did you think were like not um in line with um the character being deaf and then like i th well i think the part where 
Main Mendoza like puts like the lights for him uh, for the doorbell. Like I feel for one, I think someone who's deaf who who lives that life would have probably thought of that thought already. of that already because yeah. yeah it it so it kind of feels like oh look at me I'm like helping help like look at me I'm like this abled um, person abled person and I'm <laughs> able to help you help you deaf by figuring out this thing that you've never thought of before because I'm a genius or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's... yeah, I think there is definitely a little bit of that. Part of it is because I think I think the fact that the main character is mm-hmm. an able person, you know, like somebody who um, is not the deaf person. Like, I feel like that already kind of centers the the conversation around, like, somebody who's looking at deafness from the outside rather than, like, you know, if this movie, and and why not, right? Like, why didn't they make this movie about, like, you know, the main character be the deaf character? Like, I, I kind of questioned that throughout the whole thing. Like, I, why wouldn't that have made the main person? And I think this speaks to, like, the writers, <laughs> because at the end of the day, like, there is, like, you know, as a writer, you're pulling from your own experiences and if you're a writer who's not deaf then yeah yeah, you're writing about this from a perspective that is not you know like that's not your main character Mm -hmm. and there is yeah like I think um I think that I haven't seen deaf representation in at all in Filipino media so there is something to be said about like you know effort Mm -hmm. but you're right that there are definitely holes in that as well of like, um, you know, there, uh, there was definitely like a scene for me where like, um, it sounds like Gali, um, so Gali is taking dance classes, right? And Mm -hmm. he's been taking it with the same dance instructor. Mm -hmm. Um, but the dance instructor doesn't seem to know sign. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm kind of like question because like the dance instructor seems to just be like talking, like constantly, at them and like I'm like how is Gally like understanding any of this you know yeah. like and I'm just like how like how are they been communicating and why would Gally keep coming back to this dance studio if the instructor doesn't know how to communicate with him yeah. and so I think that was one of the things that made me question that a little bit um and like it, it did kind of lose its like you know realness right for me of him being deaf and another thing i think is gali has like this dream of like um wanting to go to um the u.s oh for the the university and stuff yeah yeah um so gali's character um he one of like his backstory i guess is like he has this dream of like getting a scholarship to a university in the u.s to uh because there's there's not deaf schools in the philippines Let me, i want to correct that there is a deaf university in the philippines it's in csb it's it's specifically for it, it was for deaf people like that's one of when i Wait, was can you can you explain um so so csb it, is it, csb is the the college that i went to it's saint yeah. benil college of saint benil it's like this extension college of de la Salle university which is a well-known university and so for one like when i started in cs when i was going to school in csb it was it was then known as a school where people who didn't go ahead into dlsu went to csb and I didn't get into DLSU, so I went to CSB. But it's also like, well, for one, it was known for like a bunch of courses, but it was also it also had like a a program, a deaf program. Now I don't know how good or bad this deaf program is, so maybe that's the reason why he wanted to to go to the U.S. But there is definitely like program for for deaf people in the Philippines, at least. Then again, if that has been if that has changed. Let me know, <laughs> because I I, ha- I haven't been to school in a while, but I'm pretty sure it's still there because like that was like one of the unique things about CSB. It has all these like courses that were not commonly seen in other universities. Like, well, for one, they were known for like their hotel and restaurant management to the point where like they built their own hotel and restaurant building, and that's where like 
uh, students would take their classes and stuff. But they also like, uh, so like when I went there, I took up music production and yeah, and like no one was doing music production at that time. And like they tried to replicate like the program, the Berkeley music program. Oh. Like that was, that was the intent for that one. And then they also had like multimedia arts. Like they had like a technical theater and a production design course uh, in TSB and industrial design. And these were courses that were not really common in other universities. And so like one of those, and one of the programs as well was like the one for deaf students. It was like, you, you would just like see them walking around. I mean, obviously like we never really had classes with them because like uh, the, their classes would have to be different or had to be tailored for them uh, in terms of like, te like the teaching and stuff so but yeah we definitely like you see them like you're in the cafeteria walking and then you can, you can see them like you can see them talking and stuff so yeah if that has changed again please let me know <laughs> i do not know uh but yeah, also i i actually don't know yeah. if they're if that's true um so one of the things that i did want to bring up is um wait before before that yes because i want to i want to go back to the career scene the career scene yeah Oh, Mara's yeah. career? No, no, not career. Career, the mailman. Oh, the mailman. <laughs> career, Sorry. not career. Career. <laughs> okay, go back to the mailman scene. Here's the thing. They're <laughs> Let's like, call it mailman from now on. <laughs> that 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 part was like I felt like that that scene was manufactured so that just so that they could do like the light scene and like it would be like a killing moment like hee hee ooh. <laughs> But that, in terms of like living in the Philippines and understanding like social dynamics, so to speak, like that scene felt so unrealistic. So, first of all, they're living in a con like in a condo. It looked like, for all intents and purposes, it looked like a nice condo, right? Yeah. You know, like it's like, oh, like yeah, this is a nice condo. Here's the thing. First of all, there would be a a concierge person at the front. Yes. Desk. Yeah. And so, like some like a security would like would have contacted Gali and that person would already know that Gali is deaf and therefore they would just text the person or like they would have some sort of system in place for like for the deliveries like that. Second of all, that mailman seemed like like like, like he seemed way too rude for for a mailman. Like I've never met like any mailman in the Philippines who was that rude that is very true i feel like social dynamics in the philippines is more of like oh i am polite mm -hmm. to you because i'm serving you yeah like you know this is my job and i'm trying to like do it well kind of thing yeah i mean like maybe the guy had a bad day but the moment he would have like he found out like the uh galley was deaf he would have been like i sorry like but yeah. there was not even a hint of that he was just like no like I don't care about this guy. I don't care if he's deaf. I'm a I'm a dick. And like... this is okay. And and this is kind of um, tying in with like a lot of the characters in the movie. I'm just gonna say this. Like this is one of the things that I observed about like almost all of the characters in the movie, aside from Mara, Gali, and Mara's family, is that everybody was rude. Like, yeah. everybody, like, I, I felt like, like, Mara and Gali, even though they, like, had, like, maybe, like, friends or, like, people that they hung out with that, like, went to parties or whatever. I will get to that later, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's, um, for the most part, like, you know, it was just them. It, like, the whole story was just, like, the two of them, and there weren't really, like, friends, or there weren't really, like other characters that I could say are like even close to being flushed out as like the main characters yeah. and like so everybody else was just kind of like rude and not part of this movie <laughs> yeah and so like that male and so like that mailman was like super rude like yeah. normally like yeah like first of all like you would say you would apologize but like secondly if he had been if if he if we were to take it to face value, what, what he said, he had been standing there for five minutes, knocking on the door. He would have just left. I would, think. He, yeah, he would like <laughs> he would have. Either, the first thing he would have done is sent a text message because everyone in the Philippines has a phone. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, the you would have set, sent a text message. If you didn't have load, well, then, like, that's a, that's a whole different story. <laughs> that's on you, man. That's on you. you <laughs> but you would, you know, like, that person would have probably left and then be like, oh, and then he would just be like, uh, I'll just come back next. You, like, leave a note or something. There's, like, a note or something. Like, because, like, that's what actually, like, like most courier ser- services do. In the Philippines, like if you're not there, there is a note that they leave. Like, hey, we came here, you weren't here. Please contact this or go to our offices to pick up your package. I don't know. It just felt like, yeah, to your point, everyone seemed rude. Even that that guy and like who hit them and later on in the the car accident. The car accident. Was like, he was like was rude right rude. away. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> and also, um. I would say, like, one of the things that I felt like, and this is tying into my point about the parties. Uh, so, throughout the movie, there are a couple of parties that Mara and Gali go to. Um, one of which was Gali's friends, who are all also deaf. And so, um, you know, like, they go to this somebody's birthday, I think. They, they definitely had a present with them. And... Um, like, everybody seemed, like, friendly-ish, and yet, like, for the most part, throughout the whole party, it's just, like, Mara and Gali, like, in a corner, or, like, Mara and Gali talking, and then, like, everybody else was just, like, oh, yeah, like, they're talking, like, they're signing with each other, and, like, you know, like, nobody seemed to, like, go up to Mara and be like, hey, like, do you want to, like, there are definitely moments where Mara was alone, and, like, somebody could have been, like, you know, like, signing to her, because she understands sign, and she could have signed back. Yeah. But, like, you know, um, could have been like, hey, my name is this, you know, like, welcome to this party, la la la. And yet there was, like, not really any of that. And on the flip side, you know, they go to, like, a different party, which is, like, all of Mara's um, co-workers, and Gali felt left out, right? But that was a bigger deal because Gali was like, oh, like, I'm deaf and I feel left out because I'm deaf, not just because, like, these are your friends. And to me, I was like, well, isn't that kind of also what happened with Mara at the the deaf party? Yeah. (laughs) But um, this is all to say that there are so many parties in the Philippines. No, like, no. First of all, like, that part is real. Like, there are ma- way too many parties in the Philippines. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, this is not, like, I mean, sure, there's, like, social life here, but, like, here it's, like, okay, like, yeah, you go to parties, but this is, like, they had, like, so many. <laughs> like, I think this is also, like, me being kind of biased by um, this other movie that we watched that, um... We will get to that at a different episode because I think we will do that movie in a different episode. But there is this other movie that we watched that was like, you know, like these people who are about the same age as Mara and Gali. And it's like about the same time period, I would say, because it's like very modern. Like, because It's About Feelings came out in like... 2019. Yeah, 2019. So like nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, And like both movies kind of had like, you know, like the young people going to parties kind of trend (laughs) and so like i didn't i didn't spend my 20s or my teens in the philippines so i don't know what it's like but it seems like that is the way that people like socialized in the philippines it's just like you know like people just threw a lot of parties and correct yeah you can talk more about this for sure because Mm -hmm. i you know like is this true (laughs) No, it's not so much parties, but then it's like social life, particularly in Manila, because in Manila, everyone's like close together. And like after work, it's much more common to like, oh, this this is let's go out, hang out, have dinner, maybe a few drinks. Because, yeah, it's like city life, that sort of thing. And part of it as well is like, oh, like trying to kill, let time pass to let traffic die down. That's also part of it. And I mean, just in general, like social life is just like a big thing in the Philippines. Like people are just like, oh like let's hang out, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's that's like one adjustment that I had to do. It's like people don't really like hang out like every week here in the US. Yeah. Like it's like oh I think that's what's different about it. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. people throw like these really like not just like a few people kind of social gathering, which I feel like is more common here in the US, you know, like you have like a party, maybe you have like guests up to mm-hmm. maybe 10 people at yeah. most no no that's the thing that's a part that's a that's that, a huge party here yeah, yeah 
like over there it's like, it's like oh it's just like oh it's a saturday night let's hang out like that was <laughs> those were my saturday nights i would like go like to my friend's house and like we would like hang out and like talk and drink till like 4 a.m Oh my and gosh. then go home and like th- like those were my weekends like yeah friday saturday like th- that's what that's what that's what i was doing yeah. yeah the social life is definitely very different yeah i would say based on like watching these only having seen these two movies yeah. okay like so i can't really judge too much mm-hmm. but that is like one of the observations that i had was that like both movies that we had seen recently mm-hmm. that were produced in the 2010s um about young people about our age um they're they go to a lot of parties yeah Yeah. Yeah. i i personally i was like wow like what would it have been like if i was in the philippines in my 20s would i have made so many friends and gone to so many parties i don't know no (laughs) like again like one thing i loved about living for them was like it was fun like it's definitely m- much more fun than here i'm sorry i'm sorry to i mean i i've never been to i've never lived in new york though so might that place might be different that city might be different but definitely here it's not like yeah it's not a thing to like hang out every weekend so that that was like like i have had more weekends here when like i'm just at home watching netflix so yeah I mean that's why like I like the, that's the thing about NJ Bilbasifs like when there's a show like oh I'm doing something on the weekends it's like I have a show and then I I get to hang out with my theater friends after you yeah know? so like, that's, that's definitely a, true that is yeah. the the big parties that we go to I think yeah. it's just like post theater production parties that's true. what would you say are um, I guess like some some other thoughts that you had about this movie that might be positive, might be negative. Uh, so, like, oh, so we haven't got into, like, why Gally wanted to do dancing. Right. Wanted to dance. It was because of her ex-fiancé. They wanted to do a wedding dance. But, of course, like, they say, like, oh, he can't dance. Like, But then, like, he really wanted to prove to her that he could dance. Uh, his ex-fiancé is played by R.C. Munoz, who is... Extremely, extremely uh, attractive, attractive, to say the least. <laughs> At least, like especially in the like in this movie, she seemed like she seemed like really attractive. I mean, like I've seen I've seen her in other movies. Like she's actually really charming. I I do love her as a performer. Yeah. So she he wanted to prove to her that he could he could dance, but then they broke up because she didn't want to like coddle his him and his disability i guess yeah okay so it sounds like um based on like the movie it basically came down to um there's like moments where um anika Mm -hmm. which is um artisan munoz's character um godly's ex-fiance felt like um she had to um translate a lot for him in order for him to feel included um, in conversations with her and other hearing people. Um, and so I think it was just like too much for her, too much responsibility, too much like, I guess yes, it, it was, was a burden, burden yeah. for her. On the one hand, like, that is super mean. <laughs> but on the other hand, that might be real, you know, like that might be a real story mm-hmm. behind somebody's. Yeah, I I can see that being an actual frustration. I mean, like, people left behind have left behind children for well, much less. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, like, I yes. I can't I, I can see that. I that seems that seems that seems like a believable thing where like it feels like a burden to you know like have to like yeah like translate all the time kind of thing. And yeah. I mean, I don't know if it would have gotten to like the point where like they were about to get married and then that's when she realized she came to that epiphany but yeah uh but yeah but that's the def- it's definitely i would definitely say that that's ca- that is a frustration that can happen yeah you know? i think one of the interesting things is like okay so based like the plot of the movie um towards the end it kind of um the biggest conflict kind of ends up being like Gali having to relive this whole situation with 
Mara now because he feels like he's being, or like she is just gonna get tired of him because he, you know, like he's like, oh, we're very different people. Um, you know, you are of hearing, and so I feel like I am not part of your world. And so he's basically reliving the same situation as he had with Annika mm -hmm. because, like, you know, he's been hurt before and he doesn't want to have to do this again and, like, you know, see to it being the conclusion that Mara doesn't want to be with him because he's being a burden. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, one of the things that I will go back to is um, we did say, like, so at the very beginning of the movie, Mara, um, they introduce Mara's family. And Mara has a niece who is deaf as well. And that is the reason why she is taking the deaf lessons or the, the signing um, class with Gali as um, her teacher. And so I feel like she is coming from this, uh, I guess, understanding sort of way because she has family members who are also deaf. It's not just Gali in her life that is deaf. She may be like more empathetic, but... <laughs> One of the things that I hated about this movie is the fact that they introduced that cute little girl who is deaf and then they never brought her up again, which I was like, why not? Because why wouldn't she have introduced Gali to her deaf niece? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. they would have been able to communicate and there would have been like this connection with him and her family and like him knowing that he's not being a burden because, you know, like there are other people in her family that is, you know, like you know has is also deaf and like she could be like hey yeah you know like i'm not just gonna like up and leave you because i'm tired of you you know like like you're part of my family now like yeah. this is anyway i was just kind of like weird like weirded out by the fact that they never brought up that child again and the fact that she never introduced Gali yeah. to her niece. I was like, what? Like, why is this plot hole here? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, this would have been such a great movie if they just, like, tied up those loose ends of, like, you know, like... Were, like I think at the end of the conclusions that there are just, like, a lot of loose ends in this movie. Yeah. And so it's, like, it does feel like an incomplete yeah, movie. Yeah, like, it had a lot of potential of being a really great movie. Um, like, you know, like, it seems, it's, it's a beautiful movie, by the way. Like, that is one of the things that I did love about this movie. It's, like, the lighting is amazing. And, like, mm. everything that, like, every shot that they had felt like it was, like, you know, just, like, gorgeous. Yeah. And, and so, like, the fact is, like, the people who made, who made this movie are great at movie making. You know, like, yeah. they're great. The people who wrote this movie, I think, maybe could have done a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe they did write these things in and maybe they got cut. So whoever edited this movie might be at fault. But yeah. there are these, like, loose ends that really fell through for me. And, like, I think that if those were tied up, like, this would have been such a great movie. Mm -hmm. I would like to push back a bit on the the part where you say uh the how it's shot like the cinematography like it is like well lit like well shot for me though it felt like it was shot like a music video or like even like a commercial it felt like too clean like not too clean no that's not the, it's more like there's a certain look and like a certain color palette that's used that, oh yeah that's very reminiscent of like music videos in in the philippines or maybe even here actually and that also reminds me of like a, like a lot of commercials in the philippines i mean like i think part of it is that maybe like people who worked in this movie they make their bread and butter in, like shooting commercials and music videos which you know like if you're a like if you're a cinematographer or a filmmaker that's where you that's where you work and so like you get kind of used to that sort of style and so like it comes off it doesn't come off as cinematic as it could be does that make sense like, like there's a certain look yeah like I, I i am not you know like an 
expert cinematographer, but there's definitely like something like when you see it, it looks more cinematic, which is something that actually we'll, we'll talk about in a in another episode with one of the films that we watched. More than anything, it was more of just like the color palette, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and like it seemed like it it seemed it seemed too clean, so to speak, you know. But that's kind of what I like. Like mm-hmm. I kind of I liked the the director or the cinematographer or whoever was doing lights had a very specific vision and they saw through it, you know, like that they, that that's what they wanted to do. And they were like, at the end of the day, they were like, yeah, we're going to do this. And it looked good. I think for me, um, you know, it's kind of like as a director, you kind of want to have, your maybe like signature style and maybe that is I don't know if that is Prime Cruz's the director of this film Prime Cruz's signature style but I would say like you know as a director you kind of want like yeah generally kind of want to go for a specific maybe style to be known for yeah but then yeah but the things like that style though is actually a lot more common Oh, I see. That's the thing that... that yeah, 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 yeah. I see what if you're it, saying. If it was just him doing that, like, like oh, yeah, that's... That's that, that, that's his style. Yeah, that's his thing, you know, but... it That's kinda, done. It kind of looks like something that a lot of people do. I see. Yeah. Well then. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but again, like, again, I... It is, like, well, like... It is, well, like, on a technical level, it is well done. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, I think... I'm comparing this in in terms of like maybe movies that I had seen, um, Filipino movies that I had seen that were like maybe older or like maybe just like not as well uh-huh. shot or something. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's like my point of comparison for this uh-huh. because I felt like this was like pretty yeah beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah like visually good. Yes, and so, yeah, I would say, like, if they just tied up all those loose ends, it's been such a great movie. Yeah, those loose ends were just kind of like, oh, like, yeah, they didn't, like, they didn't resolve a lot of, like, this stuff. (laughs) I think that that is, like, again, as I mentioned, that's the key takeaway from this movie. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I think that's all we had about this movie, right? I mean, I'm sorry if we sound like we were shitting on this movie too much but no, i mean like we don't mean to yeah, we wanted we to, to do this movie in particular because we thought it was a movie that's worth talking about so at some level we did like it yeah but at another level there was a lot to be talked about that um we wish could have been better yeah definitely yeah. there are you know like what are the good things about this movie yeah like the the, the music, the and, music the, the and the cinematography and like the leads are pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So the, good choice for May mm. Mendoza and Carlo Kino, but still I will uh say that I wish that the deaf um character was actually played by a deaf actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there are deaf actors in the Philippines, but I'm sure, I feel I'm, like they could find someone. <laughs> they could have found someone if they really tried. Yeah, if they really tried, they yep. would have found someone. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's it. Yeah, and that was it for our first episode of Film the Film. Next week, we'll be doing another movie. Should we tell them what the movie is? Yeah, I think if anybody wants to watch it, um, the movie is called Fangirl. Yep. It's a very new movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was your pick, Edu, so do you want to tell us a little bit of... Yeah, so it was actually a, a recent entry in the last year's Metro Manila Film Fest, or not last year, but like this. This year's two thousand twenty. Two thousand twenty's Metro Manila Film Fest, and I mean, watching it just to stream it was kind kind of a struggle. Uh, oh, right, that's true. So yeah. the way that we watch, um, what we had to watch this movie, and we've mm-hmm. already seen it, but we haven't yeah. done the episode yet. Yeah was through this we'll we'll talk about it next week okay. but then but then like yeah <laughs> well, so like basically wants... basically what i'm trying to say is like if you wanted to watch this movie 
Don't. You, <laughs> you can't. You can't right now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That, that's a big problem. But yeah, you can't right now. Wait. Well, uh, hopefully it'll come out soon on Netflix or other streaming services. Hopefully. Because like where we saw it, it was like, it was like a very limited like release on that particular streaming service. But yeah, if Only you do... Because and they only did that because of COVID. Because yeah. they wanted people to be able to watch the movies, but they can't go to the movie theaters right now. So. But yeah, but this is as of this recording, which is January eighth of twenty twenty one. So if you're listening to this podcast much later on, go. Hopefully, hopefully, it's somewhere. hopefully it's somewhere. Yeah, because like it's up with feelings. Eventually, ended up on Netflix and. That is how we watched it, by the way. If yeah. you want to watch *It's a Poet Feelings*, it is on Netflix. Yes, and so what we've learned is that if you're a filmmaker in the Philippines, please put your stuff on Netflix because people in the U.S. will watch it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And okay, I guess that's it that's for our first it. episode of *Film the Film*. Woo! Woo! Okay. Uh, any parting words for our listeners? Bye. Okay. Uh, please, uh, please uh, follow uh, follow our podcast. This it's... is the first episode. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, please keep subscribing to our podcast. Yes. Uh, Fill in the film wherever you get your pod fix. But also follow us on Instagram. We are Fill in the Film Pod. Yeah, we just made our Instagram. Yeah, it we... is at Fill in the Film Pod. Yep. We did not go for podcast because that seemed too long. And then somebody had already taken the tag of Phil in the film, whoever that person is, mm -hmm. has not posted anything nope. or doesn't have any followers. So yeah, I sure, don't know. I'm sure they're living their life. Yep. I'm and sure they are a robot. Mm -hmm.